Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. As things in the world are not necessarily getting any better, we are going to continue not having our regular intro. Hopefully at some point soon we'll be able to get back to it. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about some of the events that have happened this week and sort of our theme and our culminating idea of this week is how the world has really gone out of its way to not believe anything that the Jewish world is saying and will do anything to try to believe what the Palestinian leadership under Hamas through their media outlets will say. One of the biggest events of this past week was the supposed bombing of a Gaza hospital. At first, the initial reports came out through Hamas's media sources that the Israelis attacked. And to most of the people who were watching, we of course assumed that anything coming out of Hamas needs to be verified by other sources. Pictures started to emerge of a hospital on fire and, you know, the world started to condemn these actions. But most of us were able to say, you know what, this doesn't feel right. Slowly, little bits of information were coming out. We started to see media sources presenting these rockets being fired. And one you can see is not firing directly into Israel, but it seemed to have failed and come down in Gaza. This is not an unusual event. As I have suggested in this podcast and many have in other media sources, many, including up to 40% of rockets that are made by the Hamas terrorists and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorists, misfire and land within Gaza, killing Gazan people. So it is not unusual to hear that these misfire rockets land within Gaza. Then slowly the IDF came out with even more conclusive material to show not only that these rockets were misfired by Palestinian Islamic Jihad themselves, but they also intercepted calls from Hamas terrorists talking about the event and claiming that they had hit their own hospital. Of course, the first thing everyone was saying in the media is, We don't really know what's going on. No one believes the Israelis. They always come out with misinformation. But no one really asked that about Hamas. Everyone just took Hamas at their word. So we were left with this weird middle ground of no one really knew what was happening until eventually the facts came out. Under the light of day, we saw that actually the hospital was not hit like Hamas had said. It was actually the parking lot that was hit. And expert after expert showed that the crater that was caused in the parking lot was so tiny compared to what the Israeli bombings typically look like. Every one of them conclusively suggested that this was not an Israeli strike. And yet, for some reason, the media was very slow after saying for sure this was Israel to accept this new reality. Many, including the BBC, never came out with a retraction for days and then quietly just said, oh yeah, by the way, okay, yeah, it wasn't really the Israelis that did it. But by then, we had seen riots happening around the Middle East and around the world because the reality that they know is just get the information out. Hamas lies. Hamas tells you that actually someone else bombed us when they bombed themselves. What was so shocking was that the media had picked up the story right away with no information other than what Hamas was telling them. And they were totally fine taking them at their word. But then we saw all the videos and information coming out of the IDF with video proof, with audio proof, with pictures, with everything that we need. And yet it turned from Israel hit the Gazan hospital to, oh, well, we don't really know. It's disputed. It could be one or the other. We're taking Hamas's word for it. This is insane. And these are reputable media sources. And, you know, the damage was already done. Once that stuff gets out, even with the retractions that come out, They are way too late and way too quiet. And by then, Jews around the world are being targeted. 
People are being harassed, killed, attacked. Synagogues are being burnt. And the most sad thing about this entire thing was unbelievably, after the world found out that Hamas bombed its own people, its own hospital, the world that was up in arms because the Israelis did it, had literally nothing to say. Not a single word was said condemning Hamas for doing it, because apparently, if Israel does it, it is wrong, it is a war crime. But if Hamas does it to their own people, it is not even worth talking about. No criticism, no calling them out, no being on the side of Israel in order to take out Hamas for hurting their own people. Literal silence. I could not believe to see this in real time. And thankfully, in a way, this helps people understand what we've been saying for years about the lies that come out of the Gaza Strip through Hamas. Literally, it's all propaganda. It is purposely curated because they don't have international media in there in order to verify anything. And the media loves to just tell their story. We see this incredibly selective way of telling stories. And this is what really gets my blood boiling. I have spent a lot of time watching podcasts, news reports, TV, and seeing these pro-Palestinian, and I use those in quotes because sometimes you never know what they're really after. Oftentimes it's anti-Israel activists on these TV shows. And when they say things, people always ask me, you know, Mike, is this the truth? Are they saying the truth? And I always say this. Yes, usually they are saying the truth. It's just a very selective truth. They leave out so much information. But if you look up just that one kernel, of course, it's going to show up as true because it is true. But they're not telling you anything else. These people who are telling the pro-Palestinian story typically leave out so much context and so much information that no wonder people believe them. If I take you at face value, what you're saying makes total sense to me. If then you hear the opposite side and you hear what led up to that or what followed that or what little information you're leaving out, then all of a sudden things start to change a little bit. I can't tell you how many times I've seen these people on these shows setting up straw man arguments. And for those of you who don't know what straw man arguments are, it's I ask you a question and you essentially kind of ask another question and, and, and start arguing a completely different thing. And then you and I then start debating that issue without dealing with the actual question at hand. I have seen so many interviews this week with people who are experts, scholars, PhDs, peace activists, and almost every single one of them on the supposed pro-Palestinian side, I have seen whenever asked flat out, do you support Hamas? There'll be a range of either very vague, like, no, 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 I'm not here to talk about Hamas. I'm not here to flat out complete change of topic, getting off that topic altogether and starting to change the topic. And honestly, it's just so infuriating that people are allowed to get away with this on some of these shows. And sure enough, when people are watching these shows who don't know any better and are not watching someone be challenged on the difference between Hamas and the Palestinian people, it's so easy to be persuaded by these charismatic people. If you ever watch these interviews, these people are so charismatic. They know their facts so well, although I will say they are manipulated facts, but they know them off by heart. They have a response to every question that these interviewers ask. And I've never seen people more hostile. 
If you ever watch any of these interviews, typically when you see these pro-Israel people, they're sad and quiet and sort of asking for help and support and, you know, trying to answer the question sincerely, trying to get through to the audience or the interviewer about how they feel and, and what they believe. When I watch the other side, and, you know, I'm sure there are some exceptions to this, I see literal hatred towards the person asking a question. If you ask them a question, they will accuse you of being a colonizer, a pro-Israel activist. They will accuse you of trying to silence them and not letting them speak when meanwhile they're not letting you speak. Uh, they start asking the interviewer questions and, and trying to get him or her to answer things, which is not essentially part of the, the interview. The hostility that I've seen and the charismatic nature, if you're not attuned to that to, to see it, you might fall into the trap of going, well, this is a very well-spoken, well-dressed uh, person who knows all these facts. They must be telling the truth. No one would be so silly to lie so emphatically about these issues. And like I said, it's not a lie. Very often they're telling the truth, but it is a very selective truth. And that is very, very dangerous. And what we see from these people is honestly, rarely ever do they actually differentiate between Hamas and the Palestinian people, except when they want it to seem like they're saying, look, 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 I don't support Hamas as a terrorist group. But at the same time, they'll start going back into arguments where they're saying that Palestinian people are being harmed and the Palestinian people are, are under attack and they're oppressed and whatever, which does include issues like Hamas. Hamas is their leadership. They've lived under Hamas for like 20 years without elections. Their way of life is not entirely, at least because of Israel. And yet we, we don't talk about them. We don't, we don't call them out. We don't stand on the side of Israel who's saying we want to get rid of Hamas for the betterment of the Palestinian people. Yet we try and separate the Palestinians from the Hamas, but only as far as when we want to sort of seem like we care about human lives. But we won't separate them when it comes to trying to make the Palestinian lives better. I've seen in a lot of these interviews, many people who like to suggest that, well, you know, it's, this can't be about Hamas because before Hamas, there were issues in the Palestinian territories. And so therefore, this isn't a Hamas issue. This is a, an Israel issue. And to that argument, I would laugh and say, well, to be honest with you, before Hamas was around and Hamas was actually created post the Intifada, because after the Intifada, we had the Oslo Accords where the Palestinian Authority had to turn a little bit more legitimate and being a little bit more legitimate was against the Hamas ideals of full out resistance with no negotiations with Israel. So before Hamas came around, the reason why things weren't any better was because the Palestinian Authority, then known as Fatah, was also a terrorist group. And since they were a terrorist group, they were doing terrorism against Jordan and Israel and Lebanon and many other groups. So that's why life wasn't better for them. So these weird arguments that they're making, sometimes even ignoring the fact completely that the occupation of the Palestinian people that they talk about was actually under the occupation of the Jordanians and the Egyptians. They rewrite history and leave those facts out. They pretend, and some people actually believe this because it's all they hear, that Israel was the one who was controlling everybody from 1948 on. And that is completely untrue. It's not factually true. Those people who were in those areas were under different governments. They had no freedoms. They had no rights under those governments. And they were actually formed as a terrorist organization 
against those groups. It's the same reason why those countries now are not letting in those people who are refugees from this uh, conflict that's going on right now. It's because those people actually got kicked out of those countries and left by those countries because they wanted nothing to do with them. They actually killed many people, including one of the kings of Jordan and attempted to kill the king of Jordan currently, twice. So no wonder these people don't want to give them aid and support and help. I keep trying to remind people when I'm speaking to them about the history, things that are often left out of these interviews online and on TV, is that when we're talking about all of these Arab nations who are not helping the Palestinian people, we forget that those countries have Palestinian refugees in their countries currently. And most of them, if not all of them, I'm pretty sure all of them, mistreat and degrade and refuse citizenship and refuse rights to those Palestinians in their own countries. They don't care about their own Palestinians and treat them really badly. And yet we expect them to care about the Palestinians that they've left for dead in other areas that they didn't want to take back in 1967. The information that's being left out is just unbelievable. And it's so hard to watch sometimes because all I want to do is get on that show and and tell the other side and not let this person just get steamrolled by some arrogant, charismatic person speaking half-truths. We need these people to stop setting up these straw man arguments and being able to get away with it. It is really scary to see how many people who don't know any better, who just see these interviews with these certain people and don't get the full context. And I don't blame the podcast hosts or the television hosts who may not know any better. They're bringing on someone who claims to be and purports to be an expert. We're bringing you on to speak, and it's so unfortunate that even the language that these people sometimes use, they use words like occupation, open-air prison, West Bank versus saying uh, Judea and Samaria. All of these little uh, tips and tricks can teach you what these people are really about and which side they're really on. And yet these hosts don't know any better, so they just take the information. Some of them do better than others to try and present the other side. And when you get any kind of pushback, it's unbelievable the amount of hostility that comes out towards the host. And maybe that teaches them a lesson. Don't challenge me on my facts or else I'm going to call you names and I'm going to not let you speak and I'm going to cut you off while claiming that you're cutting me off. It's unbelievable to watch. So in the end, honestly, I'm just struggling with what to say about this topic other than we could see why people on the left and people who are not too versed in the history are being brainwashed essentially by the Western media, by internet posts, by podcasts, by uh, television programs. This selective media showing like the hospital where maybe when the truth comes out, they finally admit it, but like really quietly. So that way, you know, their narrative gets out. It is, I would say, reckless at this point. We are actually seeing death and destruction against Jewish communities all over the world based on the misinformation and the lies that are being shared. It is legitimately scary. And I am with every Jew around the world who is screaming from the rooftops that people need to start taking this seriously. Not since the Holocaust have we seen a community who is so willing and able to throw the Jewish community under the bus. And those who are not willing to throw the Jewish community under the bus are sadly too afraid from the attacks from the other side to stand up. 
I know that this seems like a hopeless and helpless, never-ending cycle for us Jewish people, but please, I understand what you're feeling. We cannot give up getting our message out because honestly, if we stop speaking, if we stop yelling out our message, if we stop the posts online, what chance is anybody going to have to find out the truth? Just because these people are putting out misinformation, half-truths, we have to stand up and we have to do it, even though it might be scary and it might uh, piss off some friends and it might get some friends to unfollow you. Maybe you change somebody's mind or not even necessarily change their mind. Realize that there's another side to this argument, that it's not as black and white as the media likes to suggest. Sometimes it's hard to make sure that the media and the world hears our message and hears the facts and the truth, but we have to make sure that we keep trying. Because the more truth we put out, the harder and harder and harder it is for these people to pretend that they don't see that truth. We saw it with the hospital attack, where many people realized in real time how this actually was a fake story by the Hamas terrorists. Unfortunately, we didn't see them fully condemn the Hamas terrorists like they should have. But maybe each little step of showing how this works and their game and the way that they manipulate history and the story and the pictures, maybe people will start to believe. This has been another episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Don't forget to check us out on social media at jdr.podcast and check out some of our other episodes on your favorite podcast source. We'll see you next time.